Well, we're in a season right now, or a series right now, called Anchored Life Verses. Life Verses. This is the idea of this series that there are verses in the Bible that God brings alive to us that become very important throughout maybe our whole life or a season of our life. And the Bible, the Bible's amazing. The Bible is the greatest selling book in all of history. It's been translated into at least 2,200 languages, and it's estimated that there are 5 billion copies of the Bible right around the world right now. It outstrips any other book by miles as the greatest book ever written and being read and continuing to be read. People predicted years ago that the Bible would be less popular and it would soon not be relevant, but it only gets more and more relevant. And the reason the Bible gets more and more relevant is that it was written by different authors under the inspiration of God himself speaking to us, not just recording stories, but actually alive, God speaking to us, and those words are still alive when you read them day by day. Now, here's here's the amazing thing. Uh, You can read the Bible without a relationship with God, and it can just seem like dry and a history book. But when you begin a relationship with God, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, He he comes alive, and He interprets that and brings it alive to you, and suddenly what once was just a book is now life. It's now daily life for you and I. And I want to talk about this a little bit today. See, an anchor is something, and we might have some boaties in the house today, some yachties in the house today, but an anchor is something from my limited experience of throwing up a lot when I've gone out into deep water, but my limited experience is when you put down that anchor and it hits the ground, it locks you in, and even though the current might be strong or there might be a drift, rather than drifting with the current, you'll stay strong in that place. If a storm comes and you're in danger of being blown into rocks or blown off, off course, you'll find that through the storm, the anchor keeps you exactly where you need to be if it's a strong anchor. And I don't know about you, but I know for my life, I've, I've had plenty of storms, some that are my fault, some that have just life happened to me. And I've found that what's helped me get through the storms is if God has spoken to me and, he, and there's a promise or a verse that gives life to me that anchors me. I know that there are seasons where it could be quite easy for us to drift off course in our Christian walk with God, but the Word of God keeps us anchored. And today I want to talk about how we get those life verses. If I was to think about it, I'd probably say I don't specifically have one life verse. I've got lots of life verses that have been important for different seasons of my life. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning about the Bible and about receiving life verses. See, the Bible, you can do all sorts of things with the Bible. You can read it and God will speak to you, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. But you can study it and it'll come alive to you. You can meditate on it, which means to to repeat it over and say it out loud, and it will change your heart and it will renew your mind. Uh, you You can memorize it and it will come back to you at the right moment. You can speak it and it will create things when God has spoken it to you. You can use it to fight the devil with as a sword. The Bible is the most important weaponry of every believer and follower of Jesus. And so today, the life verse that I want to speak from is when Jesus is being tempted by the devil in a 40-day fast, long spiritual fast, 
And the devil comes to him and he's obviously hungry and he says to him, okay, if you're the son of God, turn that stone into bread and eat the bread. So he's tempting him to break the fast. He's also tempting him to use his his supernatural power for his own benefit, not for what God had intended him to do. And Jesus responds in Luke 4 verse 4. He said, it is written, as in it's already, it's written in the Old Testament, which is part of the Bible. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, every word of God. Now, a couple of things I want us to note here. Number one, when the devil tempted Jesus, he didn't quickly grab out his iPhone, look up an appropriate verse to say, when, when tempted by the devil to turn a rock into bread, what, what's my verse? He'd already studied the Bible. He'd read the scriptures And he had the Bible on the inside of him so that when he hit a difficult situation, the Bible was already inside of him. The verse was already inside of him and he could fight with the verse that he'd studied as a young boy. Very much part of Jewish history was to study, uh, Jewish culture was to study the word of God and get it into you. But when he said this, this verse, man shall not live by bread alone, by every word of God, what he is essentially saying is physically we need to feed ourselves. But spiritually, even more so, we need to feed ourselves. And the way we feed ourselves, Melbourne, is with the Word of God. That's the way. The way we feed ourselves is the Word of God. So if you find yourself getting getting weak spiritually, if you find yourself starting to drift spiritually, then one of the questions I would ask is how much of the Word, God's Word, which is the Bible, how much of the Word are you eating to keep you spiritually strong? How much are you hanging out with other Christians because you'll get strength from them? And how much are you praying? That'd be the three big questions I'd ask. It's the Word that will strengthen you. It's for, I, Even this morning, I read this verse in Psalm 119. It said, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your Word. Your Word. Now, here is the awesome thing. When Jesus said man lives not by bread but by every word, another, another place in the Bible it says every word that God speaks daily to us. When the, when the Bible which is written in Greek, the New Testament, the word word or Bible there literally is rhema. That's the Greek word. That rhema is different to the general Bible. It's the specific revealed word of God. It's when you read a verse of the Bible or even when it's preached, but mostly when you read and that verse comes alive to you as if God is speaking it to you himself. When I was 13 years old, I heard a message quite similar to this and I made a decision that I need to start to read the Bible each day. And so, you know, I tried and I jumped around all over the place, but after a while I realized I needed some sort of system. So I, I bought myself a one-year Bible. Okay, this is, like, this is my most recent one. I know it has large print, but that was the only one available. Just saying, all right, that's, that's just, that's, that was the only one. And so I began to read the one-year Bible. The beauty of the one-year Bible is it, it, every day there's the date, there's a passage of the Old Testament, there's a passage of the New Testament, there's a passage of Psalms, and there's a proverb. So even when you're getting through some heavy, heavy lifting reading like Leviticus in the Old Testament, you can at least get to the New Testament and there's some life, there's, there's some joy. And I made a decision at 13 that I'm going to read the Bible. Now here's what's amazing. 15 minutes a day gets you through the Bible in a year. That's it. 
15 minutes a day. And I would guarantee all of us spend 15 minutes on doing something way less productive than that consistently every day. But I, so I made this decision that I would read the Bible. And over the years, I've read the Bible. And then I made a second decision. What I would do when I read the Bible is I will actually ask God's Spirit to speak directly to me to reveal something to me that would be personal, that would be God. And, I, and I, I bought an exercise book and beside the journal, so I'll read coffee, I'll have a coffee, a Bible, and an exercise book and a pen, and every day, pretty much when I read, I'll say, God, reveal something to me. And then I'll write it in the journal. I'll put the date, and sometimes I'll make some comments about it, how it applies to me, what it means, why that's relevant to me, what's going on in my life at that time. Other times, I'll just write the verse. And so I've been doing this as a practice for many years. What I try and do, sometimes it's obvious. As I read that book, as I read this, something just, I I can feel the presence of God and a verse comes alive to me. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. Other times it's less subtle than that. Other times I read through and I got nothing. So I go, all right, I'm going to just go back again. What, what, and this is the question I ask myself. What is interesting to me? Even if it's not jumping off the page, what's interesting? And I write that down. And it's amazing how God every day wants to speak to us. And the primary way he'll speak to us is through his book. It's the living word of God. Sometimes we're like, I need direction. I need a prophecy. Can someone say something? And God will tend to go, yeah, read my Bible. I'll I'll talk to you. And so this morning, I want to tell a little bit about this. And just a little visual demonstration. So I've been doing this since I was 13, and I've just collected my exercise books. So these are just, not all of them, but a lot of them that I've kind of collected over the years. And some of them have got three years worth in them, some of them two worth. They're not like really, um, they're not like uh, what Teresa's dream board looks like. They're not that. They're just, you know, I go to the news agent, buy a diary, buy an exercise book. But these books here... If, if my house was burning down, I would get these, my wife, my kids, <laughs> pets, photos maybe. No, photos are in my phone. I would, these would be very early on because this is the record of my conversations with God over years as he's been speaking to me out of his word. This is, this is the record. And so, literally, I had a look at these the other day. Some of them are in 1990. Some of, there's, there's scripture after scripture. Sometimes people go, how did, you get, how did you get the word of God in you? How do you preach? I go, it's simple. I just let God preach to me through his word. Then I apply it to my life. And then I preach it to other people because God's helped me. I'm not going to preach anything that he hasn't spoken to me that makes sense. I'm not, you know, the best preaching is not when I, I take what someone else preaches and then make it my own. But when I take what God says to me and make it my own own. That's the primary way God wants to speak to us. So let me just tell you five things that are going to happen when God speaks to you and I on a daily basis. You don't have to be a pastor. I was 13 years old, a little schmuck of a kid, and God was talking to me. So if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. All right. The first thing that happens, and I reckon about 70% of the scriptures that I write down that God speaks to me are encouragement. They're just, they're encouragement. Maybe it's heavy going. Maybe things are a bit tough. Maybe I, I can't see a way through the current problems that I'm facing right now. And it's amazing how time and time again, a verse comes alive where God is strengthening me. He's speaking encouragement to me. He's telling me how much he loves me, how much he thinks about me, what a great future he has for me, that he hasn't forgotten me, that he hasn't forsaken me. And time and time again, that strength that I need 
comes from the Word. Now, we need one another. We need to be encouragers. We're a church filled with people who speak life and encouragement, and that's why a big reason we get in connect groups and we go to small groups because we feed life and encouragement to one another. But I don't know about you, and I've got some awesome encouragers around my life, but it's never enough. There's a gap between what people can do and what my soul needs. And if I, if, I, if I realize I've got a gap, and I realize the only way that that gap's going to get filled is through the Word of God, otherwise what I'll be doing is I'll be coming up for everyone. So what do you think of me? I'll be, asked, I'll be looking for encouragement from everybody else, for encouragement that really... Only your heavenly Father can give you. He's the one who wants to give it to you. And even Jesus only had two occasions where his Father spoke with an audible voice. And he's the Son of God. So most of us aren't going to get more than one or two major encounter moments where we hear this heavenly voice, but we can hear the daily voice as we read the Word of God, and God puts courage in our soul. You can get through it. You can make it. That's why we read the Word, and so often, now if if you're reading the Bible and you're getting negative stuff to yourself all the time, then maybe just you need to change your filter of who you think God is, because I would say at least 70% is encouragement, positive, and strong. Okay, the next one, number two, so he's doing that. Number two, okay, he will do some of this. It's called correction. I know, not a big amen, but that's okay. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is used to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture. Now, this is where you've got to make sure you've got the right idea of who God is. Because he's not trying to Bible bash you every day to tell you you're a bad person. That's not how God works. The way God works is he goes, I've got a higher way for you to live. There's a better way for you to live. That maybe that thing that you're doing, you, it's, it's fun and pleasurable right now, but it actually is going to end up in destruction. It's actually sowing seeds of death into your own life. Maybe, maybe that cheating thing you're doing over there at work or that, that taking that money over there. Right now you think it's okay, but God, amazingly, exactly what we need to hear, he'll go, come on, John, lift your, lift your game. There's a higher way. I love you. I've got a better way, and I'm going to correct you. I'm going to adjust you. I'm going to make sure you keep stepping up to what I've called you to be. And if I read the Bible, knowing that God's predominant theme is one of encouragement, then I'll be open for the correction that I need I need a heavenly coach in my life calling me up to live a higher way. John, don't be critical. Don't be negative. Don't be. Sometimes people go, oh, and if you've been around a while, you'll have heard me say this. People go, oh, church, they're just trying to brainwash you. And I'm like, yeah, we are. If I took just one hour of my thoughts and I put them up on the screen, okay, now if I took one hour of your thoughts, Let's just say last night from seven till eight, and I put them up on the screen for us all, all to look at, the selfishness, the, the critical thoughts, the, the, the anxiety, the worry, the, the, the self-loathing, the fear about the future, the negativity, the, the, the make me number one in the world kind of thoughts. We'd all realize, I need some brainwashing. 
I need the Word of God to renew my thoughts. I need to wash it with the Word day by day by day. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be brainwashed. Now, don't take that clip out of context, anybody, right now. Just saying. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you're watching online, you know you need the Word of God. Melbourne East, you need the Word of God to transform our minds. Number three, the Bible reveals wisdom and truth. Wisdom and truth. The Word of God is alive and powerful, Hebrews 4 says. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. When you read the Bible, it's filled with wisdom for life. It's filled with truth. Uh, the Bible says this, that your, our hearts are deceptive uh, in their very being, and they'll pull us away from God. That's the nature. So I need the Word of God to come and go. Now, that's a John thought that will take me away from God, but here's the truth. And, and sometimes it's very subtle because motives get in the road, but God comes, and the Word separates me. The Word gives you, the Word's got wisdom for your finances. It's got wisdom for your relationships. It's got wisdom for, for your work, wisdom for your business, wisdom for your health, wisdom for every area of life. It's found in the Word of God, and God will continuously be speaking wisdom to us if we're tuned in. That's number three, two to go. These are the fun ones. Okay, they are, and this is what I've tended to find. I've tended to find uh, if, if I want to hear the next two, I've got to hear the first few. Uh, I found that like on letting God correct me, I found that if I can let God correct me directly from his word, it saves other people having to do it. I'd much rather God speak to me, me respond, say, yes, Lord, than someone in my life go, uh, you know, the way you're behaving right now, you big doof. I'd much rather God challenge and shift and shape me from his word. It just helps me. Okay, But if I'm hearing God correct and call me up, then I'm going to hear the next one. The, the number four is we receive promises from God. So uh, Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It should not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Sometimes God gives you a promise verse. Bible's filled with promises, but it's not just a, it's not just a general promise. He breathes on it and speaks it to you and it's your promise. It's rhema, it's quickened. Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. So you're like, should I do this thing? I'm wondering, should I do this? And then God speaks to you in, as you read the word and a seed of faith is put in your heart. And then, that, then as we meditate on it and speak, that, that promise gives us the potential for everything, for what God's word comes forwards. Uh, a number, a few, number of years ago, our oldest son, Jackson, um, began to have some seizures at inappropriate moments. One was at the youth camp. Uh, one was at work. And we, we, he'd never had them until he was maybe 14 or so. And he began, he began to have a series of seizures. They couldn't work out what was wrong. And so after a, a couple of years, and, he, and we're praying, God, what's going on? After his sixth one, um, I'm like, 
that's it. I'm dad. I better do something about this. Uh, not, we're doing all the medical things, but I just decided I need to fast for a day. So one Saturday, a couple of years ago, I fasted and said, Lord, uh, I, I want you to give us the key. What is this? Do we, we, is this a medical issue? And we just pursue that. What's going on? And so I began to fast. And as soon as I fasted, that morning, I opened up my Bible and this scripture comes alive to me in Psalm 30. And it says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you heard, you heard my cry. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. You heard me when I called to you and you restored my health. So I heard it, it jumped at me, and I'm like, okay, I got it. I got a promise from God. The promise was, uh, you refuse to let my enemies try. So enemies, it's spiritual. It might be physical, but it's a spiritual battle. And then you'll restore our health. So Danielle and I took that promise, and we realized that there's a spiritual battle over him for his destiny, spiritual pushback on us for what we're going after as a church. And we began to pray almost every day together, declaring that promise. We took the promise from the journal into our mouth, wrote it on the wall, put it everywhere around the house. We're speaking that promise because in that promise, now as a sword, is the potential to crack that thing. So he's on med- medication. It's making him loud, really lethargic. And, and so anyway, one day in church, he's sitting there and Pastor Phil Pringle, he's, he's down in Sydney at Oxford Falls. Pastor Phil Pringle says, you know, God can heal you. And just in a moment in the service, he said, you know, God can even heal a chemical imbalance in your brain. Just reach out to God. He reaches out to God. And then the fire of God, he said, hit his head, burning through his head. And he knew that he got healed in that moment. Over the next little while, he was able to go off the medication, get all his energy back, have no, have no drama with that. It was, a, it was a moment, for, and I know he was praying, but for us, it was a moment where a rhema word promise that went into the journal that then got into our mouth became a fulfillment of that promise. That's, that's what happens. Now, the bonus is he got to share that testimony on national TV just recently. So that's just the bonus for, for everyone, right? If you don't know, yeah, don't worry about it. If you don't know, it's all good. We receive promises from God. All right, number five. Number five. So this is what I do periodically. I pull my current journal out, and they're usually falling a bit and tattered, and, and I pull it out, and I'll do two things. I'll go back through the last few months or the last year or so with a highlighter, and I'll go, now, which ones are the promise scriptures? And I'll highlight the promise scriptures. So they're not a daily encouragement. They're not a daily correction. They're not something that was just for that day or for that moment. Uh, but, but, you know, it's not just wisdom and things that God's getting into my life and truth. It's actually he's getting into me. He's giving me a promise. And so I'll take that promise and I make sure that I capture them, I highlight them, and then I'll, then we put them wherever on the wall. I've got them in my iPhone in different places so I can remember the promises for different topics. The other thing I do is I look back and I look for themes. What's God been saying to me? Sometimes if I need encouragement, I'll pull out this, I'll pull this out and I'll go, oh, I'm feeling really flat today. And then I'll read and I'm like, oh my gosh, God has been speaking so much to me over the last few months about this promise. And it will just and it will strengthen my heart as I read those. Or, wow, God's been saying the same corrective thought now for a little while. Hmm, maybe need to do something about that. So I'll just see what are the themes of him speaking to me in that season. So that's the beauty. Okay, that was number four, receive promises. And number five, I shared this with some of our youth leaders the other night, and I I loved it so much, I thought I've got to share it with the church. Number five is he'll give you direction. 
He'll give you direction. Psalm 119, 105 Psalm says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, and it's a light for my path. Your word. This, this word, as it's quickened to you, you're like, what's the next step? The word will light up my, my, my feet. It'll show me the path for my life. Some of you are saying, what am I going to do with my life? What's the next step for my life? And, and it's here. It's in the Word. You don't need a prophecy. A prophecy will confirm what God says to you. I've found actually the people who get the most prophecies are the people who are hearing the promises from God and the direction from God directly themselves. It's like you attract those prophetic things because you're plugged in to what God's saying to you. Uh, And so when I turned 13, it was on February, I think it's February 4. Sometimes I remember the Bible according to the date which which I read it because I read it in a one-year Bible. So on February 4, I was holidaying at the Yandina on the Sunshine Coast. I was living in Toowoomba. I just got my brand new one-year Bible, and I read it, and this verse just jumped out to me, and it was this, you'll be my people's lawyer. You'll be their representative before God. You'll stand before God on behalf of my people. You'll stand before my people on behalf of God. You'll teach them the word that they should live and the way that they should live, the, the vision for their life. And as I read it, I'm like, I think God's speaking to me about my life's purpose. I remember going to my mom and saying, I read this scripture. I think this is God telling me what he wants to do. Interestingly, although I lived in Toowoomba, it happened while I was here on the Sunshine Coast. I think it was God 16 years before I actually stepped into being the pastor of this church, seeding direction for my life. You're wondering, what do I need to do? What do I need to do this course? Should I do that? God will speak to you and he'll make it clear. And his word, what the great thing about the word is, it's outside your emotions. It's outside your heart, which can be deceptive. It's something that can be one of the four big markers, the the promise of God coming into your life to make a decision. I preached on that recently. It's on the website. The word of God. You go, sometimes you'll, and this is what's awesome too. Sometimes you'll write a verse down not knowing why you're writing it down. Why is that sticking out to me? Maybe 15 years or so ago, we used to have church in the green building in Kiwana Drive down here, in Main Drive. The Kiwana Baptists are there. We, it was a miracle to get into that building, and God changed someone's heart. We moved in. It was our first permanent facility. It was a great celebration. We outgrew it quite quickly, and there was a second half of the building, and we began praying that just the, just the way God had done a miracle for us to get the first half, he'd do a miracle to get the second half. And we were praying and laying hands on the wall and saying, come on, God, we're going to get the other half. And one day after a few days of fasting, when I went up, to, up the range to fast, I came back to my desk, I got a letter in the mail, and I opened it, and it said, uh, we're building a building over in Premier Circuit, the other side of Kiwana Way. And we think... Uh, we're building it and we think it would be great for your church. It wasn't this building, it was another building. in. And as I read it, my heart jumped and, I, and the Holy Spirit, I felt the presence of God. I'm like, that's weird because we're going to get the other half of this building that I'm sitting in. But I'm, but I'm like, okay, okay. So then I just started thinking, like, I'm getting excited actually because this, this is, would be quite small and if we could get an even bigger place that's newer, that would be exciting. So then I said, okay, Lord, if this is really what you want, you need to give me a word about it, a scripture, a rhema word, so that it's not just me thinking it's a good idea. And the Holy Spirit said to me, have a look at yesterday's scripture. And I went back to yesterday's scripture, which I'd written down in my journal, unknowingly that this was coming, that it stuck out to me, and it said, and this is what it said, it was in Kings, the place where you are is too small. 
get up and go to the Jordan River or to a place that, I'm, uh, that I have prepared for you. And I'm like, no, you, you spoke. I didn't know why that verse was important. But it was God giving me direction and then bringing it to me. God wants to give you direction. He wants to order your steps. He wants to light up your path. He wants to bring the Word of God alive. And can you believe that in one year, in 15 minutes a day, you'd read the whole Bible? That's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. He's got promises. He's got direction. He's got adjustments. He's got wisdom and truth. He's got encouragement and strength for every one of us. Can we close our eyes here this morning? Father, I thank you in this room for your grace, for your presence, and for your love for each person. Father, I'm praying for people right now watching online, for everyone in Melbourne, Dan and Eb's house, for your presence right there. Lord, for all of us as we make that commitment to read your word, speak to us, Holy Spirit. Bring the word alive. We won't live by food alone, but by every word that proceeds daily out of your mouth. You're so good to us. Maybe this morning, God's challenging you about making a commitment to every day read the Bible. Maybe your starting place is a Bible plan like a version app or something like that and reading the New Testament in a year. But if God's challenging you to, to read his word in some form on a daily basis, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm challenged today. God, God's talking to me about being more committed to reading his word. Would you just put your hand up and say, that's me. Fantastic, fantastic. Lord, I thank you. You're moving in hearts today. You can put your hands down. Maybe while eyes are closed and we're praying. If you're, if you're here in your seat right now and you're, oh, I've been talking about how God speaks to us out of his Bible. That might be a new concept to you. God wants to have a relationship with you and I. We were created to be in relationship with him. That's the primary person we were created, primary reason. And in that relationship, a living God pours his love into our heart. A living God comes to help us, to strengthen us, to change us. He doesn't leave us alone. You'll always come up feeling empty and lonely until you have the relationship with God that you're created for. You'll never receive enough love. You'll never receive enough encouragement. You won't be clear about your purpose because you're created by God for relationship with Him. So what I'm going to do in a moment, while every eye is closed and seat, heads are bowed in your seats, I'm going to ask, and while you're watching online, if, if you're saying, John, I, I didn't realize that I was created for a relationship with God. I, I knew that something's missing. I knew there's a feeling of emptiness when I'm on my own and quiet. But I didn't realize that what's missing is God in my life. Today, I'd love you, in, when I say, I'd love you just to raise your hand if you'd like to invite God into your life. If you'd like to begin a relationship with him, I'd love you in a moment to raise your hand. And then what we're going to do, I'll just say, I see your hand, you can put it down. Then together in our seats, we're going to pray. I'll lead us in a prayer. And in that moment, the most amazing miracle is going to happen. God will come and live in your heart. He'll transform you into a new spiritual person. Maybe at one point you walk with God, but you've drifted away from him. Maybe you're not walking with him today and you know in your heart that you didn't stop believing that he's real, but he's just not number one. 
He's an add-on every now and then. You think about him every now and then, but he's not first in your life and you can feel that you've drifted, but today it's time to reconnect with God. I'd love to pray for you in a moment. If that's you, it's time to come back and connect with God. In a moment, I want you to raise your hand or maybe you're here and you're just not sure. When you die, if you're going to go to heaven, you want to be sure. You hope you are. You think you are. You're a good person. You believe God's real. Bible tells us, though, that even the devil believes God's real. And if you could be good enough to get to heaven, then Jesus Christ would not have had to come and die on a cross. But he did. He was tortured. He was nailed to a cross. He paid the price for our sin because we can't. That's how you know you're getting to heaven when you put your faith in Jesus. So right now, right across this room, if you're saying, John, I want that relationship with God you're talking about, I know something's missing. I want to put my faith in Jesus. I'm away from God. I need to come back to Jesus. Or I want to be sure that I'm going to heaven right now. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me, wherever you are. Say, that's me. I want to be, you know, thank you. Awesome. These three people over on the side. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Who else right now you're saying, that's me too. Come on. Would you include me in this prayer today when we pray? You'll feel like in this moment, it's like I'm, just, it's like I'm talking to you and you alone. You'll feel that. Why is that? Because God uses me, to, and he uses human beings so often to speak on his behalf because he loves you so much. Today's the day. There's people here. Today's the day for the fresh start that you've been hoping for, but you've got to have the courage to take it. And the courage starts right now by just raising your hand and saying, that's me as well. I want to begin. So in addition to these three people who have raised their hand, who else right now, if you're watching online, put your hand up even where you are. But who else right now, you're saying, John, would you include me in this prayer? I'm waiting for one more person. You're saying, that's me as well. I want to get right with God. I want to reconnect with God. I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Would you raise your hand up high? If that's you, oh, there's someone here, I can sense it. Your heart's pounding right now. God's talking to you right now. Fantastic. Thank you. Just in the second row, I see your hand over the side. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thanks, man. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else? Just raise, just raise your hand up high as well. Join these five people. Say, that's me as well. Today, today for some people here, it's like you've been, wait, you've been hoping that things could change. For someone here, you're in a dark place and you've been hoping that things could change, but you haven't, you can't even see a way forward. Don't try and overthink this moment. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the light of the world. If you have him in your life, he will light up the way forward. Fantastic, man. I see your hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, God, for your presence here. Thank you, God, there's your presence here. Is there anyone else? You just raise your hand right now. That's you. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you down the back. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else right now? Don't fight it. This is the start of the rest of your life with Jesus Christ. He's going to change things. Might be your first day in church today. That's okay. God's speaking to you. It's amazing what can happen when you put him first. Ten more seconds. Is there one more person? Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up strong. That's you. Raise it up strong if that's you. All right, we're going to pray together. I want to include us in this prayer. Can you we all pray together after me online? If you're watching, pray after me as well. Say these words to God. Say, dear God in heaven. I thank you that you love me, that you sent Jesus Christ 
your son to die on a cross for my sin. I'm sorry. I've lived my way. And I'm turning to you today to live your way. Cleanse me. I repent. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today that I am forgiven. I am born again, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for all these people, these powerful moments, transformation. For those of you who raised your hand, uh, maybe one of our teams saw your hand and they'll have a chat to you. But what I'd love you to do, in front of you, there's a little hello card. It's yellow, and I'd love if you would just fill that out while we're, we're going to give in a moment. But while we're giving, I'd love you to fill that card out, put your details on that so we can get in touch with you. That would be really helpful. God bless you, church. You're amazing. Thank you, Jeremy. We'll see you at the Night of Power tonight. Thank you.